one simple verse. And you may think, how in the world could we have the whole evening on one verse? But look at verse number one, if you would, please. I want you to read it with me. For this cause, I, Paul, the pr with me. All right, class. Don't leave me out of your anger. Let's read it together just to try to get you. Make sure you're attentive. Read it out loud if you would. Chapter 3 and verse 1. For this cause, I, Paul. Wow. Get what he's saying. Get what the Apostle Paul is saying. We read through this verse. I want to point out some things that he is saying to us. It's a very short verse, a very small verse, and at first glance, maybe even an insignificant verse. But you have to grasp what he's saying in order to understand what he's going to say in chapter 3. His intent for chapter 3 was to share a prayer with the church. But he really doesn't even start that prayer. He gets delayed, and he doesn't start the prayer until verse 14 of chapter 3. But we've, we've learned a lot. We'll not rehearse that for the sake of time tonight. We've learned a lot. I hope that you have. I know I have. I've been challenged by what Paul has said in the first uh, chapters of the book of Ephesians. Now, Paul opens chapter 3. We look at this verse number 1, and uh, then for the next 13 verses, he delays that prayer. And finally, he gets to it in verse number 14, and we'll look at that in the next couple of weeks. But we focus on this, and I want to sort of just put blinders on to one phrase, a prisoner of Jesus Christ. Now, that is a small but parable, uh, pa powerful uh, passage of Scripture if we'll get a hold of all of it. And he's going to give them some insights into being a prisoner. Look first, if you would, you have your bulletin there. Number one, the context of his imprisonment. Verse number one identifies Paul as a prisoner. And when we define that word, it's to be held in bonds. Now, truthfully, Paul has been imprisoned for five years by the time of this writing. Originally, by the Jews. And then he was charged and he was taken. Uh, what, what his actual charge was, was taking a Gentile into a forbidden portion of the temple. If you were to go to Acts chapter 21, you'd find out Paul didn't do that. They mistakenly thought he did. In Acts 21 and uh, verse, about verse number 20, he says that he brought Greeks into the temple and have polluted this holy place. That's what they charged him with. Paul has some defense with it, but uh, Paul now has been imprisoned for that, and, uh, and he's got to battle it. Now, the Jews wanted Paul to die. They hated Paul for one reason, and that is he took the gospel to the Gentiles. They hated the Gentiles, and even though the Jews had rejected the gospel, they still hated the Gentiles enough to, okay, we don't want this, but we don't want you to have it either. And the Romans here, uh, as, uh, as the Jews wanted Paul dead, the Romans were obliged. They were in a place that they had to protect him because uh, Paul had some Roman citizenship in him as well. And there was no proof of it. And so for two years, he's held in prison in Caesarea. And then after that, the Sanhedrin and the religious people, and then Felix and Festus and King Agrippa. And he would have been released except for Paul appealed to Rome. And when he, he was going to be set free. 
And he says, no, I, I appeal to Rome. And so they held it. And uh, Paul had appealed to Caesar, and he was sent to Rome. The voyage itself took about a year. And now Paul lived in this time where we are right now, where he says, I'm a prisoner. Paul was being held in a rented home. As best we know, he's being held in a rented home. He is free of the day in-house arrest. By that, I mean he couldn't go out in public. He couldn't go to the temple. He couldn't go into the streets. But he had some freedom inside the walls of the house. But at night, he was chained to the guards again. He was shackled to the guards again to prevent him from escaping. Now, at this point, Paul, having been saved on the road to Damascus, having seen God's blessing on ministry, having fallen in love with people whom he had seen come to know Christ as personal Savior, and now he's a prisoner and has been for five years, doesn't know what's left in the future, I'll say this, life doesn't always turn out like you think it is going to. And Paul has to be somewhat shocked because I think Paul may have seen himself as a, as a preacher or an evangelist who travels to Rome and he's preaching in the forum and there's a great crowd of people listening to him and Caesar possibly is even going to listen to him and the Senate of Rome may be listening in, to him, but his ministry did not play out that way. He's sitting in prison and he's sitting there for five years. Now, what if everything in your life turned out the way you planned it? Now, even though Paul didn't know all this was going to happen, this sure isn't what I expected, God uses the unexpected in Paul's life to do even a greater work. The fact is, rarely do we ever see things turn out just like we think they're going to in our lives. Now, God put him in prison, and when he did, he expands his ministry. Now, if we're saved tonight, we belong to the Lord, and we're under his direction. Do you believe that? We're saved, we, we know him, we're filled with the Holy Spirit, and we're under his direction. Let me give you some verses. You have uh, the references there, but let me read the text of them to you. Solomon said this, Trust in the Lord with all thy heart. Lean not to thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall what? Direct thy path. And this, a man's heart deviseth his way, but the Lord directeth his steps. And then Jeremiah said it this way, O Lord, I know that the way of man is not in himself. It is not the man uh, that wa uh, walketh in the, uh, to direct his steps. Now, Number one, we have to realize this, the, the context of his imprisonment. And we've, we've looked through that briefly. I want us to look at the second, and that's the cause of his imprisonment. And Paul gives that. Paul says, I'm a prisoner of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now notice this. For this cause, I, Paul, and then go to the end of the verse, middle, middle, middle to end of the verse, for you Gentiles. He is where he is for the Gentiles' sake. God had taken a strong, a, a, a strong man, a prejudiced man, a powerful Jewish man, Paul, and God has saved him by his grace, and now he sent him out, and he sent him out to take the gospel to the Gentile. He probably didn't expect that either, but God used him in that. Now, the Jews, of course, wanted him dead. The Romans were charged with keeping him in custody. And when Paul was arrested, the Jews probably assumed that they were finished with Paul forever. That shut him up. 
He'll never report to another church again. He'll never take another missionary journey. We have him imprisoned, and he will stay there, or he will die. Except for one thing. God uses him to write the majority of the New Testament and the Pauline epistles. I was talking with John last night. We were talking about his father-in-law, and he had had a stroke. And at the moments surrounding the origin of the stroke, things looked very, very great. I've known, I've known his father-in-law for, I guess, 20 years or more. He's not a man to sit down. He's not a man to sit idle. The Crane mentioned in prayer, my, my Uncle Eddie, thank you for praying for him. He's out of the hospital. You say, did they let him out? We have no idea. He's just out. He hates the hospital. He passed a kidney stone on Monday, and from what I understand, uh, as of yesterday, I talked to Mom about it a little bit, and she said, all we know is he's home from the hospital. I said, well, Mom, did they let him out, or did he go home? And she said, I just told you what we know. All we know is he's home from the hospital. Now, when he could not breathe, you know, there are some people that just can't sit still. They can't be doing nothing. I believe Paul. I don't know him personally. I believe Paul's that kind of person. And God puts him in a place where he's confined. And though he's not preaching, he's writing. You would have never heard Paul preach. But all of us, everyone in this room, has been affected by his writing. So God took what man meant for evil, and he makes it good. Philippians chapter 4 and verse 22. Let me show you something else that I believe happened as Paul is in prison. Philippians 4.22 says this, And all the saints salute you. Paul writing to the church, all the saints, you know what it is when you're going somewhere, tell them hello. My parents got ready to leave this morning and, and uh, we ran by the house to leave some paperwork and, and opened the door and dad was walking back out to their vehicle and I said, tell Ken I said hello. Now that's what Paul is saying here. All the saints, all the saints salute you. But listen to this. Chiefly, they that are of Caesar's household. Wait a minute. Why would those of Caesar's household be greeting the church? Why would they want to greet the church? Because Paul, in his confinement, had been a faithful witness. There will be those that were in Caesar's household by what this verse says. One of these days, we'll see him in heaven. All the saints salute you, chiefly, where does that put it? Above, above those that are over here in the church, chiefly, they that are of Caesar's household. Now, we don't possess a large body of information about Paul's preaching. We do possess the astounding wealth of theology 
from his writing and the Jews. Can you imagine the Jews in hindsight? We wish we'd have done something else. We, 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 we thought we shut him up. But God used Paul in an incredible way to lay the foundation for the church. And God uses Paul's imprisonment to expand his ministry. I want you to turn to 2 Corinthians, if you would, real quick. 2 Corinthians chapter 10. We don't... Uh, can, what would you... What would you tonight... How would you imagine Paul's voice? One of the pastors there yesterday. We had a lot of prayer time for specific things with the establishment of this church. It, it was broken up throughout our entire meeting through the day. And Brother Gray would just say, let's stop and pray about this. And we would cover a little bit more, and he'd say, let's stop and pray about this. And one of the, one of the pastors, one of the older uh, preachers, probably the oldest pastor that was there yesterday, pastored in the, uh, not in Newport News, but in the, in the Tidewater area for a number of years. He, he was called on to pray. And I have known him since I was a little kid. And his, that was last week, uh, his voice, now a little bit like my dad's voice, it's waned a little bit, but the way he pronounces his words and the way he prayed, and he was praying in particular for Ben and his family because Ben's never been a pastor before, and uh, I'll tell you a little bit about the way he prayed a little bit later, but his voice there's a lot of men that have been influential in my life that I don't know that I'll ever forget their voice, the way it sounded. I've told you about them. Lee Robertson and John R. Rice and Hyman Appleman and a number of these men that their voices ring out in my head because I've been privileged. I don't have that with Paul. And how, how, do, you, how do you picture Paul preaching? Uh, I'll say this, he's not in here tonight, but... Remy has said all along for the last year or so that he's going to be a police officer. And uh, someone asked him the other day after a lesson about the Good Samaritan, said, well, what would you have done? You know, some of them crossed and went around on the other side and said, what would you have done? He said, I'd arrest them all. Well, he got a new Bible, and Saturday night he changed his mind. He's not going to be a police officer. He's going to be a preacher. And I've got a little bit of video on my phone this morning, and he came up. Sunday evening after church, and he said, I got to preach. I said, Okay. He said, But I got to have a pulpit. And my wife went over, and there's a trash can that's wooden box there and a sloped top, and she pulled it out. He opened his Bible up and put it on there. And it's sort of a funny picture because uh, when he starts to speak, it, his voice is one thing, but his gesture is another. And I've got a picture of him doing like this. I tell you all that, that his voice, it was funny. How do you picture Paul? Now let's read what really, the only thing we know of his preaching. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse number 10. For his letters say, uh, for his letters say they are weighty and powerful, but his bodily presence is what? Weak. And his speech contemptible. He, he probably wasn't that powerful of a preacher. I could take you to a fellow tonight that's a wonderful preacher. His style is so far different. He reads every word. But he preaches with the power of the Holy Spirit. It makes a difference. 
But here it says that Paul is weak in presence and his speech is contemptible. He probably did not present well. But boy, he can present when he writes it on paper. Now God has us, just like he did with Paul, God has us where we are for a purpose. The greatest place that we can be in our lives is where God wants us to be. A little phrase, and you might want to write this somewhere. I don't think I left it in the outline tonight, but grow where you are. Too many people are looking at being transplanted, being put in a different place. But what does the Bible say? The Bible sort of emphasizes to us, only in different words. Grow where you are. We looked at the context of his imprisonment, the cause of his imprisonment. But here's the, here's the thing that I grasp several months ago in beginning to study the book of Ephesians. Look at the controller of his imprisonment. The Jews has arrested Paul. So Paul is a prisoner of the Jews, right? In the human mind, in the natural mind, He's being held by the Romans. So the Jews had arrested him. They're at fault. He is their prisoner. The Romans were holding him. He is their prisoner. But notice that's not what Paul said. Paul says this, I am a prisoner of Jesus Christ. I am where I am because he put me here. Man who lived under the sovereign control of God. Paul knew that unless God had ordained it, he would not have been here where he is. The Romans may have kept him, but Paul was bound, not by chains to them, but he was bound to Christ. If Paul had come to the place where he, where he thinks that the Jews and the Romans or even Caesar was in control, he would have given up. If the Jews had controlled him, he'd have no hope. If the Romans had their way, listen, I don't think we understand how brutal the Romans were. You know, you hear the arena talked about, the Roman arena. We, we talk about in an arena, what, what do people go to watch? A football game, a soccer game. In the Roman arena, it was vicious. You read through some of the stories of Fox's Book of Martyrs of how Christians were taken by the Romans into the arena and hung in what I would call a mesh net and suspended just above the floor. And their bodies were used as toys. As animals and beasts were released into the arena and everybody by the hundreds and by the thousands would sit and watch. These are some vicious people. Imagine Paul at night is laying there and he's chained. And he looks over and he sees these Roman soldiers. Listen, if Paul was a prisoner of the Romans, he was hopeless. If Paul was a prisoner of the Jews, he was hopeless. But Paul knew that everything that he faced was a part of God's plan. Philippians chapter 1. Why don't you turn there, if you would, please. Philippians chapter 1. 
And let's listen to what Paul says about these things. And this is just one of these things, the imprisonment. Philippians chapter 1 and verse number 1. But I would, ye should understand, brethren, that the things which happened unto me have fallen out rather unto the furtherance of the what? Gospel. And tonight, I'm not going to go back. I'll let you do that in your mind. That these things. Paul had faced a lot of things. But God is using those for the furtherance of the gospel. Look at the next verse, if you would, please. Or come to verse 13. Come to verse 13. So that my bonds in Christ are manifest in all the palace and in all other places. And many of the brethren in the Lord, waxing confident by my bonds, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. So Paul is saying, the things that happened to me happened to further the gospel, and I understand that. Then he follows up with that. These bonds that I'm in, being a prisoner of Christ, the brethren have looked upon it. And it's caused them to speak with boldness, waxing confident in my bonds. They've said, okay, if they can do it, we can do it. And back to that meeting yesterday. Why would 25 men drive pretty long distances for a Tuesday morning through construction traffic my way the other direction they were coming through and 64 was locked down with all sorts of accidents one of the men sort of summed it up at the end of the meeting and he told Ben said Ben you've never been a preacher before you've never been a pastor before and you'll hear a lot of things about being a pastor and he pulled out from the things that Paul said here. He said, when you hear those things, understand this. God will put these things in your life for the furtherance of the gospel. And he said, I hope that the 25 preachers that have gathered here will help you to wax confident. And we had prayer for a little while that Ben would be confident in a new venture. He's been a great intern, seven years at one internship. He's in Ohio now working uh, for, for a church there. Uh, he has good experience. His education is strong. But he's getting ready to enter something he's never done before. And Paul says here, and many of the brethren in the Lord waxing confident by my bonds. Many of the brethren in the Lord are waxing confident by what's happened to me. And they're speaking boldly. And they're speaking without fear. Perspective is everything here. Now let me ask you tonight a question. Now we start with this. Paul certainly is a prisoner of the Jew. No. Paul is certainly a prisoner of the Romans. It's who owns these chains. No. Paul says, I'm a prisoner of Jesus Christ. So in all the things of life tonight, let me ask you this. Who is your warden? Who are you a prisoner of? 
Most of us tonight, when we feel like we're imprisoned, we're imprisoned by our circumstances. What we need to come to the understanding is that God intends for us to be a prisoner of the Lord Jesus Christ. I read to you tonight to finish out Isaiah chapter 46, verse 9 through verse 11. And he says there, Remember the former things of old, for I am God, and there is none else. I am God, and there is none like me, declaring the end from the beginning, and from ancient times the things that are not yet done, saving, saying, My counsel shall stand, and I will do all my pleasure calling a ravenous bird from the east and the man that uh, executeth my counsel from a far country. Yea, I have spoken it. I will bring it to pass. I have purposed it. I will also do it. Also in Daniel, and all the inhabitants of the earth are reputed as nothing. And he doeth according to his will in the army of heaven and among the inhabitants of the earth. And none <clears throat> can stay his hand. And say unto him, what doest thou? Paul understood this. God is in full control of this. And the Jews may rejoice saying, ha, 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 we got him. We've shut him up. And the Romans may say, we've got him safely locked away. But Paul never said, the Jews have imprisoned me or the Romans have imprisoned me. I am a prisoner of Jesus Christ. And humble yourself under the mighty hand of God and he will lift you up. That's what Paul has learned. And Paul in 2 Corinthians talks about being persecuted. Paul talks about troubled things. Paul talks about the yokes of life, but with every one of them Paul says this, all of it is under the control of Christ, and I'm his prisoner. And you know what? He was content. Paul talks about learning to be content wherever you are. Paul was content to be the prisoner of Christ. He wasn't content to be the, prisoners of the prisoner of the Jews. And he wasn't content to be the prisoner of the Romans. But he found full contentment and even joy in being a prisoner of Jesus Christ. And even in prison, God expanded his ministry. And even though the verse says that he may have been weak and his voice a little different, his delivery a little different, maybe not the outstanding presenter, my word, when we open the Pauline epistles and read them, they're full. And I can't hear his voice tonight, but he delivered to us God's word. And we ought to be so very, very thankful for it. Let us be prisoners of Christ and not prisoners of circumstance. Let's pray together if we may, please. Father, help us, please, to take note of your word. Help us to take note what... And these are written at the hand of Paul, but from the heart of God. And you inspired Paul to put these. I believe you inspired him for this, that we might be encouraged. 